Team Time. Sports around the world. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Sports Around the World with me, Ben Cullen. It's been a busy seven days in the sporting world, and we're going to start this week's roundup with tennis. After plans were approved by the Governor of New York, the US Open will be held this summer. The Grand Slam will be played at Flushing Meadows without fans, despite many top players voicing their concerns about travelling to New York. The often outspoken Australian star Nick Kyrgios has labelled the organisers as selfish. He stated, I'll get my hazmat suit ready for when I travel from Australia and then have to quarantine for two weeks on my return. Crowds returned to New Zealand rugby stadiums in droves over the weekend. They were packed houses watching the first two games of Super Rugby in Dunedin and Auckland. In Auckland, the Blues beat the Hurricanes 30 points to 20 in front of a sellout crowd of 43,000. And in Dunedin, close to 20,000 rugby fanatics watched the Highlanders beat the Chiefs 28-27. Now, the Otago University students standing behind the goal in a section known as the Zoo were treated to a thrilling finish as the host stole a one-point victory thanks to a last-minute drop goal from hero Bryn Gatland. Moving on to football, the English Premier League returned this week, but not as we know it. Aston Villa v Sheffield United kicked off the resumption on Wednesday evening after a 100-day absence. Fixtures will, of course, be played behind closed doors, and all 92 of the remaining games are to be played in a frantic 40-day window. In a significant gesture from the EPL, all players' names on the back of shirts will be replaced with Black Lives Matter for the first 12 matches of the restarted campaign. This follows the death of George Floyd in the United States, which has sparked protests worldwide. In the US, the NBA has been in negotiations with Disney. They will be holding practices and games at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex in Florida. Players, coaches and staff would also stay at Disney World, where Disney owns 18 hotels. This will provide a protective bubble from the coronavirus. The complex has been vacant since March 15th when Disney World closed its doors. Will Mickey Mouse become the ultimate mascot? Maybe we'll see him dunking in the finals? And finally, finally, sport returns to Hong Kong as of tomorrow. The social distancing measures have been lifted by the Hong Kong government and sporting facilities are to be reopened. Teams will be able to go back to practice and start preparing for their upcoming seasons, as well as people being able to use pitches, fields and courts for recreational use. But before you get too excited, go check out the LCSD website for a full rundown of what's open and when from this weekend. That concludes your Sports Around the World update for this week. We now switch our attention to the sport of CrossFit and the fittest man in China. I'm delighted to welcome Ant Haynes to the show. Welcome, Ant. Thank you very much for having me here. We are delighted you could take some time out of your training schedule. For the listeners, can you give them a brief rundown of who you are and what you do day to day in Hong Kong? Um, so my, my number one job, I am a fitness coach in Hong Kong. I work for Coastal Fitness. Um, my... I guess you can say my other occupation is to try and be as much as I can a professional athlete within the sport of CrossFit. Um, for those that don't know, CrossFit is a hectic sport, which essentially is exercising as fast as possible or as hard as possible or as heavy as possible as much as you can. Um, if you YouTube it, you'll find some insane videos out there. Um, but yeah, if you don't know what it is, get on YouTube and have a little look. Watch the documentaries on Netflix. That's basically what I do uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, four hours a day. And I really love it. <laughs> Good man. Very intense indeed. Now, uh, you are the proud owner of the title, the fittest man in China. Can you tell us how you earned that 
and why that's significant in CrossFit. Yeah, so basically the CrossFit Games is essentially, if we compare it to something like football or soccer, let's call it, um, it the CrossFit Games happens every year and it's the pinnacle of the sport, so like the World Cup. And there's a three-step qualification process to get there. Step one is a CrossFit Open, where they crown national champions and then the top 20 in the world, which is all online competition. Next stage would be a sanctional competition. Last stage is a CrossFit Games. So within your country, which I'm from China, because Hong Kong is put together with Hong Kong, Taiwan, Macau, China. Um, and they're basically, they all go into the same melting pot. And then let's say there's a million people that go in. I'm the number one that came out of that. So I get the opportunity to represent China at the CrossFit Games. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Very, very good. Now, um, how many times have you competed at the CrossFit Games so far? So last year was my first year. I was supposed to go again this year, but with the coronavirus obviously wiping out essentially any sort of summer competition, they've really kind of boiled everything down to just the top 20, top 30 uh, competition rather than having 250 male, 250 female athletes. So unfortunately, it's taken away, but you know, it's probably for the, for the better of the world. Sure, sure. Um, so I know that lots of the gyms in Hong Kong were obviously closed for a little period. How did that affect your training and, and what did you do to, to overcome that? So when the, the whole lockdown came into place, I was actually just returning from a flight from Australia. Um, now, I didn't actually get the wristband, the wristband of death, which locked everyone in their apartments. <laughs> so I was, a man, I, was, I was able to still kind of walk around and stuff, but of course I was still sensitive to the whole topic. So I did essentially quarantine and lockdown myself. Luckily enough, the gym handed me some equipment. So I ended up working out on my rooftop, which is, I swear it's paper thin. I'm, I was scared every time I picked up a weight that I was gonna go through the roof. But I ended up turning my rooftop into a gym, you know, rain or shine. I was up there twice a day doing my thing. Um, and actually, I managed to still train through it. I would go out for runs. Um, but like I said, I was trying to be sensitive to the fact that if I did have the coronavirus, luckily I didn't. But if I did, you know, I'd be running at a time where the streets are a bit more empty or I wasn't going to be mixing it with older folks and that sort of thing. Good man. So topping up the tan on the roof of course, and working out. Of course. I actually did get a few uh, a few creepy Instagram messages of like literally me on my rooftop and someone on the opposite building. We all no know what Hong way. Kong is like. And literally a photo of me, like with a barbell over my head, but like, hey, can I come to your rooftop gym? It'd be great to work out with you. I was like, okay, maybe I need to stop posting about this stuff. But uh, that was quite creepy, but it was also quite flattering and cool at the same time. Of course, yeah. yeah. Um, so you, you mentioned there you were training twice a day. What does your current training schedule look like? Um, so with the coronavirus and the kind of government restrictions right now, um, the gym, as you know, is quite busy. So with, with it being busy, we can only have a certain amount of people in the gym at one time, which also limits us as trainers and I guess owners of the business being able to train. So sometimes I'm training outside, sometimes I'm training inside, just depends where the free space is. I basically wake up in the morning, I'll have my coffee. Thank you for my coffee this morning, Ben. Appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll have my coffee and then I'll generally go into the gym, train straight away. I'll have clients, then I'll train again and then I'll have clients generally through to 7.30, 8.30 at night home, sleep, and I basically just repeat the same schedule seven days a week. Understood. Now, I know that before you started CrossFit, you played rugby. You actually represented Hong Kong at the Hong Kong Sevens. Sure did. Can you just touch on that for the listeners, please, and what that experience was like running out into Hong Kong Stadium? Uh, it's an experience that I have never been able to replicate again. Um, I mean, there, there are other reasons I'm sure we'll touch on later on, but the reason why... 
you keep playing year in, year out is essentially for the Hong Kong Sevens. Of course, there are other events out there, the Rugby World Cup that pop up, the Asian Games, small Asian competitions. But, you know, the, the pinnacle was always the Hong Kong Sevens. Three days of absolute mayhem. You know, the Hong Kong Stadium chock-a-block with 40,000 people in there. By the time you run out from the tunnel to the halfway line, you're absolutely dead. I can only There's imagine. There's literally, you got nothing left. You're like, God, now I've got to play 14 minutes worth of rugby. You know, and I did that for seven years in a row. And that was, you know, unbelievable. Every single weekend it came up, like, it was, like, the, ho the whole of Hong Kong was buzzing. You get into the stadium, it was insane whether you got people who are, you know, half cut, just about to die in the South Stand. <laughs> or you got your parents on the other side and grandparents shouting for you. It, it was just the best feeling in the world. Um, and I... I 100% miss that. I just don't miss the training side of it. That that kind of took 11 months of the year to get there every time. I see. So you competed seven times? Yeah, I played seven Hong Kong sevens. Um, did a couple of Rugby World Cups in Dubai and uh, and Moscow. I did two Asian games, a couple of East Asian games. I basically did everything that I wanted to achieve in the, in the sevens, apart from the Olympic Games. That was the only thing I wanted to get. And... I basically hung up my boots a year or two just before that. I see. What, what would have been the highlight across the seven years at the Hong Kong Sevens? Oh, you know, fella, beaten Wales, <laughs> Be beaten Wales on the way to our. Uh, That's not fair. On, on our way to the uh, to the Shield victory, I think. I think that was probably our our kind of golden generation of the Hong Kong Sevens um, over the last, I guess, ten twenty years. Um, we had a, we had an awesome team. We were all really young at the time. We're all real keen and, you know, that's that's what makes the team. You know, everyone's on the same wavelength. Everyone trains just as hard. Everyone's just going for it. And, like, everything is that you do is just engrossed by the Rugby Sevens. So we all trained super hard throughout the year. We had a great year of training and got to the Sevens. And, you know, Di Reese was our coach. So all he wanted to do was beat Wales. Oh, come <laughs> on. That's not fair. So we, have, we, did, we did end up, you know, just as luck would have it, Wales were drawn in our group. We ended up beating them. I think the score was 21-19. Um, in the last minute, that was, it. yeah, that was awesome. Like again, like this sounds—it's gonna sound really cringe, but I've watched that video on YouTube of like the the ones to watch on the weekend thing where we have our highlights there. It was an unbelievable feeling to do that, and then for that just to be kind of a step in the journey to winning the shield. The shield, for those that don't know, is kind of it goes the cup, the plate, the bowl, and then the shield is the four trophies you can win. Um, back in the day, before it became the gold, silver, bronze medal. Um, and yeah, we Hong Kong won the shield. I remember after we'd won it, it took us it took us two hours to walk around the Hong Kong Stadium celebrating. So after our shield final, the bowl final had then gone, and then the plate final had gone, and those four teams that had been playing those had overtaken us walking around the stadium. And like everybody was, yeah, so you had like the, the England team walking around us, be like, all right, you know, get off the stadium now, like you're, you're done. <laughs> and no one wants to see you anymore. We just stood there like taking it all in front of the south stand for probably 45 minutes. But yeah unbelievable and what a feeling yeah like i said i'm i'm never i don't think i'll ever be able to replicate that feeling again but yeah it's something that's fondly stored in my memory bank that's amazing thank you and we look forward to hearing more from you next friday thank you very much i'll see you then i'm ben cullen and that's it from me have a great weekend go find out what's open and go play sport teen time